Wonderful. We are live. Welcome, my dear Katya. It's such an honor to have you with me today. Uh, we are Katya Pichel, if I pronounce it well, from Ripple Effect, the CEO and a board member and such an impressive lady. Welcome. Um, Women's Empowerment Series is a series that we um, I set up to, uh, to showcase and present women that are doing amazing things around the world, inspiring others and empowering others and also impacting uh, lives of different people in your country, in Zurich and Switzerland and in Europe and all over the world. So welcome. Such an honor to have you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I was so impressed when you reached out to me and we started connecting straight away that I thought we absolutely have to share it with your community. Exactly. That's how it all started. So we're actually live streaming on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. So if you're joining us, let us know where you're connecting from. If you have any questions for Katya, for me, uh, or just an inspiring thought, share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you're watching us on replay, hashtag replay, and we can see how you're connecting with this beautiful conversation. So let's make it just a conversation. If you can just say a few words about you, Katya, and how it started and your beautiful work that you're doing uh, in the Ripple Effect, uh, your company that you founded. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, I've always had the typical corporate career. Um, and the only thing which always interested me when I entered the workforce was I wanted to live abroad. You know, I didn't care what status I had. I did care what I do, but my main goal was to move to live in another country. Mm. And so I did. And I had a really fun career at GE. I moved to Singapore. I worked in India. I moved to the States. Mm. And then my company, when I was working in the States, um, was bought and I moved to Switzerland. And in Switzerland, everything changed because I became a mother. Mm -hmm. And with children, you cannot move quite as often through um, the world and, and you just have to stay put a little bit. So I stayed put and eventually I really wanted to build my own company to share what I learned in all of these um, uh, many places and mm -hmm. in all of these um uh, different leadership situation and the one lesson which I absolutely want to share with everybody is number one be yourself yes. and number two be kind always I love that. I love that. We have people connecting from Zurich. Hi, Frank. It's good to see you. Miriam, it's so nice to have you with us today. I missed you connecting from New York. Inez, Dr. Inez, hello from Bonn, Germany. So nice to, um, to meet you. Uh, I love that. So be kind and be yourself. How does this help you shape your career and how do you see it shaping other women careers and men? Because you work with both, isn't it, Katya? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, so practically, I, I I wasn't always kind. I have to say, um, <laughs> I was impatient. I was. Um, how? What do you mean? I wasn't always kind. What, did it, you mean I was always focusing on my work, and that's what matters? Or like, were you really mean to people? <laughs> I hope not. Well, okay. Well, that's good then. So you were kind. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I, I was um, a little bit arrogant, as you often are when you're younger. Mm, I was right. very impatient. I was just um, thinking of the results, and that excused me maybe pushing some people too hard. And sometimes mm. I judged people wrongly because I came from my lens, 
and I assumed everybody should behave the way I do and think the way I do. So all of these things I did when I was younger in my career, but I realized that doesn't help me. That doesn't even help me get results, not the right results. So I started to become a bit more reflective, self-reflective. And when I was that in your career? Was it like how many years then it hit you? When Do you remember? Yes, um, it actually started when I was in Singapore. I was okay. responsible across quite a bit of countries. Uh -huh. And um, I dealt with people from different cultures. Okay. And that made me realize that there's many different ways to behave That's and right. there's no right or wrong about it. Yes, yes. I love that. So true. Culture changes and people react differently. And even, you know, they their gesture is different also. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And sometimes I, I came into situations and so um, the Singaporean culture is very much about face saving. So giving somebody feedback in front of others is just a no-no, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a very typical German thing to do. And mm. once I realized that I really hurt somebody, and that is something which I really don't want to do, right. I started learning. I, that's, but it is very true. When you give feedback to someone, it's embarrassing, right? Because not everybody likes to take feedbacks, unless it's positive and you're praising them. But, yes. uh, but manager, they love to do that. Because it shows, yeah. It, I, I think we should change all our cultures, our work cultures around feedback. Mm -hmm. So we we take the stigma out of it. Yes. And then you know that, again, there is cultural bias and there is experience bias. And as humans, it's hard for us to take feedback. But mm. somehow we need to change it because feedback is a gift. Without feedback, I couldn't have learned, you know, and changed. So I wish we would give it more in the spirit of compassion because we want mm. everybody to be their best selves. That's and then right. we could take it more in the spirit of gratefulness. I love that. We have more ladies joining. Hi, Khadija. It's good to see you with us. If you have any questions, please jump in. This is such a fascinating conversation uh, because it's we are digging into that difference between being a manager and being a leader, right? Because you are adding the empathy part, the kindness the kindness part. It's um, very good that you're making that distinction because okay. indeed, for me, leadership is about being a kind person. And that is a shift which we currently are seeing because in the mm -hmm. old times, the leader was a strong man, you know, yeah. the one who yeah. gave direction. But we are changing mm -hmm. our understanding and I'm glad that we do. That's so true. I have a question for you from Frank. Um, Frank from Zurich, he said, what do you mean by taking the stigma out of feedback? How do you do that? Ah, thank you, Frank. Thank you. And I have to say that Frank is a friend of mine. Oh. And I had a lot of interesting talks with him already about any of these philosophical topics. But about feedback particularly, um, because... Feedback hurts us. I mean, like, it's an instinctive reaction. We feel um, threatened, actually, because as children, we already learn to please. Part of our survival mechanism. Mm. So it's, it's very contrary, our human nature, to be grateful for feedback. And then we, we strengthen that behavior in, 
in work because we, we kind of stay away from it, especially mm -hmm. hierarchically. I mean, like giving feedback up the hierarchy is almost unheard of. Of course. Yet it's needed. The leaders in particular, they need to hear the truth. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying about taking the stigma out of feedback is to normalize it in, for example, your organizational culture mm -hmm. and make it as something which we value. Mm. In the beginning, it may just be lip service, but the more mm. we practice, the more we accept it, and in particular when it comes in the spirit of, I don't want to hurt you, I really want to help you. Yes, and I want you to create a better environment so that I can be more productive and I can really love going to work and produce things for you. Yeah. Yes. Mm. They, have they, they introduced some of that in the HR evaluation, the 360 degrees and things like that, isn't it, part of that? Yes, but unfortunately, they don't, oftentimes, don't do it in a good way. And mm. people can game the system. So sometimes managers just pick those who they know are going to say nice things about them. Yes. Or sometimes they're trying to figure out who said that, etc. So before we actually introduce this 360, and 360 is very often anonymous. Yeah. Anonymous feedback doesn't create trust, doesn't create mm. acceptance. So I'd rather start with direct feedback mm. and I'd help people train in the feedback and then mm. I'd build safe spaces around it. Anonymous mm. feedback to me is tricky. I know sometimes we have to have it, but it's not my preferred way. I love that. This is very, very useful because for managers, uh, you know, and you said there is a shift now to changing from the managerial approach to having them as leaders. So as leaders, when you have the empathy, they want to know whether the people they work with feel uh, good, feel that they are appreciated, that they are respected. So the feedback is also a way to say, to listen when you ask them a question, how are you? How do you feel? And that is, you, yeah, that is very true. And mm. of course, leaders have to role model it first. Mm. So they have to be the ones to ask for feedback. And mm. they have to be the ones to react graciously to the feedback, right. even and especially when it's critical. And mm. the more they role model it, the more they build the trust in the rest of their team so others follow suit. Yes, I love that. That's amazing. Hmm, beautiful. <laughs> this is good because uh, I, you know, there is such a trend now into adding the empathy and what they call soft skills, but soft skills in reality is being more human, right? That's what is a soft skill. You work a lot on that. How do you approach that from your for, within the ripple effect? Uh, well, one of the main things, because you're very right, it is being human. So it's almost as if at work or maybe already in school, we are unlearning how to be human. And a lot of the things we learn at home, like to be kind and to be helpful and to be respectful, somehow in the group environment and in pressurized environment, somehow it disappears. So one of the first things I do when I work with teams and leaders is I help them build safe spaces mm. I help them build the courage to try it out and I'm there in the background to build them up again when it does hurt them because it hurts you in the beginning but it's something you can practice and then it becomes so much easier to bear 
How does it mean, what does it mean concretely, a safe space? So um, in uh, one situation, it was a major strategy shift and the CEO was a bit puzzled why the people didn't jump on the new strategy. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a lot of his senior managers didn't know exactly what the strategy meant for them and they didn't trust mm -hmm. exactly that they should speak up or whatever. So I built space between the C-suite and the senior managers to talk about non-work related things. I yeah. senior managers, mm -hmm. I interviewed them, I built body systems, I yeah. um, nudged them all the time to meet as often as possible within the workspace, yet not to talk just about the project or the goal or the delivery, but talk about themselves and build relationships. I love that because that's stepping into the emotional side. So creating emotional bondage. Yes. Yeah. I find it um, completely underrated in the workspace, this time which we need to spend not sitting in front of the computer, not typing an email. There's this ridiculous focus on both FTE and time at work and not on results. Mm. But once you start focusing on results, you realize that one of the biggest factor in producing results is actually the relationship between the people and the belongings they feel. And mm. then you finally give the time on that and not just the time on meetings and reports and programming and what have you. So relationship um, and relationship also feeds into the loyalty, how pe loyal people are to the workplace. That is exactly right. And not just will they stay longer when they feel like that, they will help you be better. One of the worst situations is when an employee knows how to do it better, but they are silent either because they're afraid or because they don't care. Yes. Should want to hear their ideas, but you need to build the environment so they actually share them. Yeah. I love this is a very important point what you said about they don't care. They're just work. It's nine to five, they get paid and they don't care. So the challenge is to get them to care. And it's not even about money, isn't it? It's actually the other way around. I think naturally we all want to care. Mm. Naturally, we really go into a job and want to care about the company, the manager, our team, and what we are doing. Because, yes, we work for money, but we want our time to matter. Mm. Unfortunately, in some environments, people do the opposite. They make us not care. And they just need to stop making us not care. Yes, so true. Yeah. What are the type of things that some people do, for example, to make others not care? What comes to your mind? Well, a, a big thing is what you already said, listening. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. We, we all want to feel that our opinion matters, but mm. that means somebody needs to listen to our opinion. Mm. And other thing, and there I'm even going back to a school example, um, because... My son really um, improved in French um, when he had a teacher who every time when he had homework 
looked at his homework. And every time he had a test, he gave the test back with some remarks and so on. Mm -hmm. Then the teacher changed and the other teacher, it didn't seem to matter if he ever did his homework. Nobody looked at it. And he absolutely lost his interest and he got worse in French. Mm -hmm. And the same is for us adults. People need Mm -hmm. to see what we are doing. You know, when we work really hard and we come in with ideas and we walk the extra mile and it goes unnoticed, why would we continue to do that? Mm. Yes, I love that. That's very, very good. So you want to be noticed. It's like you're not part of an organization, but noticed as a person, as you, just like you are, not even just the work, but just as a person and appreciate it. That's why. So it's relationship. It's uh, being noticed. I, it's so true, just being noticed. Just somebody it's telling you, sorry? It, it, sorry, I was just adding, there's this new word called belonging. And I think that really is a good word. We, we do go into work and we want to belong, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not so hard. So we need to focus a bit more on the belonging to mm. make people feel they belong and are accepted. And then we will surprise them what we can all do. But you know, that word is very, very, very special because belonging, it means you are, you don't even need to prove that you deserve to be there, which, so it's like, it's creating that safety in it because when you feel safe, you're not threatened. Your work is not threatened. Your uh, place is not threatened. So then you can just be yourself. But that's very rare. It, it, it's so wise because mm-hmm. that kind of safety mm-hmm. to create that is actually not quite as easy as we think. So mm-hmm. contrary to what I said before, it's just stop making people feel bad about work. Mm-hmm. It's not always that easy to build that psychological safety. And even mm-hmm. Amy Edmondson, who sees the big guru about psychological safety, says these environments are rare. And every day we have to again want to build that. And we have to, again, as leaders, be introspective and think, what may I have done that is taking safety away? And what can I do better? Mm. Because intentionally, very often in the heat of the moment, we say something, we judge somebody, we overlook somebody. And all of these take away safety. But when we intentionally want to build it, it is not intellectually challenging. It just takes a lot of stamina to stick with it. I love that. So let me catch up with the uh, with the chat. Uh, Zahra, it's so nice to see you. So she said, congratulations, lady. The great alliances to bring uh, together these ideas of progress for women. Yes, very good. Thank you so much for being here for this lovely comment. We have another question from Fra- Frank. What does it mean to be human? And what does, does it mean to not be human? Mm. Okay. Philosophical question. Oh, he's a great <laughs> philosopher. And, and actually, thank you for, for making us specify that. So, of course, we are human, even if we behave in a bad way. So what I mean to be human is to remember that our humanity connects us. We are all, in the end, more similar than we are apart or we are different and every one of us deserves respect just 
for that humanity. We, mm. we sometimes think, oh, that boss, that toxic manager or whatever, or we think that corporate whatever narcissist and so on. And very often it does start with ourselves to stop villainizing other people and at mm. least open the respect they deserve as a human person. And that may already reduce the conflict. That's true. Yes, often. And you are, by, ta- by saying that, you're also touching on, you know, the energetics and vibration and the inner mindset, because the way you think about the outside, that's what you get from the outside. So when you start really appreciating what there is being done for you, the feedbacks, the, you know, all the work, then you start appreciating the person and it changes. And the person changes. That's the funny part. Even the person will change towards you. It's yeah. very true. And then we are not, not human, but we dehumanize others often. And that is something which each and every one of us can stop straight away. You know, mm-hmm. talking bad about people, generalizing. If we just look at the person and then if we, if we, are sure, because we are all humans, that we can find a solution with the other person. If you just try hard enough, we are doing at least our part in creating a healthier workspace or in creating a healthier society. We are. And uh, but that's and I think you're such a, a beautifully placed and with all your experience and your wealth and your knowledge um, by working in different uh, cultures. You know, you have it in you to really intuitively understand and try to see what is meant by someone's, you know, uh, at, um, you know, attitude or her way they look at you. And that's not given to everyone, isn't it? So first of all, I'm still learning. Yeah. Secondly, I didn't always know what I know now. And hopefully in 10 years, I will say the same thing about today. So Mm -hmm. it's a journey. And of course, we all make mistakes. I think it is important that we are compassionate with ourselves as well. Yes. We make mistakes. We will judge other people. We will behave in a way that is not perfect. Mm. But that is being human too. And Mm. then we can start again. And try better the next time. You know, I love it, Katya, what you just said. You need to be compassionate with yourself because we are too hard on ourselves often. Mainly when you are, you know, high-level leader in corporate, C-levels, and aspiring to more, we are very tough on ourselves. Yeah. But why is this, do you think? Is it the drive to success? Is it the drive to recognition? Why are we so hard? To some extent, we could even say it's a certain amount of egotism or narcissism because <laughs> we are the center of our universe uh, and we we know ourselves better and we look at ourselves more closely. So if we are judging ourselves to a higher standard or more harshly, there's a certain amount of vanity in there. Why do I expect myself to be better than others? Mm. So, Instead of having that mindset of, oh, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a a type A kind of person and so on, Mm -hmm. which is one of these framings which actually keeps us stuck in a not helpful mindset, we should actually reframe it and say we are human, we are fallible, 
yet we always try to be better when we catch ourselves. Mm. Well, let me uh, throw in another angle here, because often for women in the high level positions, they feel they need to prove themselves more. So they need, they're never satisfied with anything. And they often cover their lack of confidence and self-esteem at moments by being too tough and too hard on themselves. Because they say, if I'm too hard on myself, then if somebody does something to me, it's not going to be worse than what I, the way I treat myself. What's your saying on this? <laughs> and I agree that is the case in many, many cases. And there's two elements to it. That yeah. One element is the outside world, that the outside world indeed expects more from women and judges women more harshly than men. Because we are sticking out. We're still not that many in these senior leadership positions. And there's just more scrutiny. Mm. So that will change the more women we have there. And it will change the more we push back on it too. Mm. Now, that inner world, that is something which we need to train ourselves to stop because it's another unhelpful mindset and it may keep us stuck and it may actually keep us from exploring our potential Absolutely. because frankly the harsher we are to ourselves the more we limit ourselves to be overly cautious maybe overly harsh maybe yeah. less natural and less authentic and mm -hmm. all of these kind of things are things which keep us from exploring our leadership potential Right, because it makes you less creative. It makes you less, uh, you know, uh, aligned with who you really are. Because you're like stuck with, with, within a box you created to yourself. Yeah. Um, there was another comment. I heard you, both of you mentioning feeling safe a few times. What do you experience? Uh, what do you experience that leaders feel, feel fear, fear about? How can we all help leaders? Who feel fear to feel less fear actually mm. that's really interesting because just this evening i will talk at a at a university and one of the things which i'm warning people about is fear okay. you all know i'm sure star wars right mm -hmm. this iconic picture of the little anakin this beautiful gifted child with a shadow of Darth Vader behind him and the potential of becoming bad is in all of us. Right. And fear is what is getting us down on that path. It's uh, Master Yoda who actually tells Anakin that fear is a path to the dark side. And it is really true. Fear is almost the opposite of love. If we're talking love is this positive energy, which gives us all the power and creativity. Fear is what is keeping us from love right. and is limiting us in so many ways. When we have the lens of fear, we see the worst in other people too. Mm. And that means we can't collaborate and build relationships. So what we can do with other leaders we, we can be kind to them. We can talk with them. We can help them explore their strengths and potential. So, and we can tell them if we are working for a leader, we can tell them we have their back. Yes. Actually, one thing which we way too little say, our leaders have fear too. And we working for them can tell them you're good 
and I have your back and no continue matter. with us. Yes, I love that. This is so important, you know, because um, every leader needs to have the courage every day. And why do they need to have the courage? Because they need to be able to overcome the fear. Fear is always there. If you're a leader, that means you are paving the way to something new, something incredible, maybe even impossible. That's how you lead. So you have, there is fear because you're not sure it's going to work. And the courage it never comes from inside. It comes from an outside source that could reassure you that we'll still be there. We're still going to appreciate you. We're still going to love you. It comes down to love, really. Love and caring. And I and love how you put it because when you have people around you saying, you know, we're there. We're behind you. We're going to be there no matter what. Just go on. So beautifully said. Very nice, and just to add on that, I do think that originally we need the outside to help us build the courage. However, that is exactly where we should aspire to go, to leave fear behind. And one way, oh, thank you, Debbie. And one way to leave fear behind is just to love more, you know. And I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about the love for our teammates, our, our colleagues, our family, everybody around us. The more we love, the less fear we have. Uh, yes, because you cannot have both of them together. I always say that, I mean, even made with my, in my work with the women, it's like when you focus on things you are grateful for, things you love, Thinks you express, you know, an emotional feeling good about having them. There is no space for fear. They cannot coexist together. So more you fill yourself with the love of the things that you lost the appreciation for because you've been driving to go somewhere. And now then you let go. And it, it's a habit. It's not something you do. And that's what discipline is. It's discipline so that you can shift and get more love into inside you. I love this way. It's amazing. We're approaching things in such a similar way, different words, but it's it comes down finally to love, empathy, which how we started, isn't it, Katya? It is, and that's what connected us even by written words in LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> and look at us. This was the most high level and beautiful and elegant conversation. I loved every piece of it. You are, you are a jewel, my dear Katya. So nice. Absolutely. Likewise. And thank you, Frank and Debbie and Sarah, all and of you. Sarah, for and all the ladies who joined us, Khadija, Inez and Miriam and, and others on Facebook. And I'm sure there will be others watching this replay. This conversation has been such a delight and so true and so timely. This is the time for a big shift, a new era where we need more leaders that embody love and empathy. And of course, excellence and good work because we always need that. Yeah. <laughs> it comes together. It really comes together when mm. we are joyful, when we love our work excellence will follow always that's so true thank you debbie for being with us thank you for your messages katya it has been a delight what would you like to say as a last word for well maybe just uh, as i started um be kind always and the lovers will follow i love that i love you katya you are such a delight to be with likewise i really <laughs> enjoyed it thank you for having me
Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching us. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>